Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, guys? Don't forget to sub to Patreon so that you can see the visuals. Because not only do we have episodes of the podcast, we have exclusive content that nobody else sees on any other apps, behind the scenes, photo shoots, and we're dropping a whole bunch of surprising stuff this year. So if you guys don't want to miss out and you want to be the first to know, go over to our Patreon, www.dumblondunrated.com. Love ya. Is this thing on? Bonnie, who used to be a former sex worker and now hosts the podcast Dumb Blonde. Most little girls grow up wanting to be doctors and lawyers and shit. And I was like, I want to be super hot, make a lot of fucking money and be a rock star's wife. That was my goal as a child. And here we are. <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey. I'm so happy to have you guys on the podcast. So listen, so for the month of October, we are doing a murder mystery series and we are bringing on special guests and Mimi and I put our heads together and we were like, who would be a perfect guest to have in this series? And Lauren, the mortician, baby, <laughs> we fucking hit her up and she was like, can we do it tomorrow? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> she, she was here, man. <laughs> And here she is. What's up, baby? Hey. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. What's up? I'm I, so happy to have you. I, thank you so much for um, dropping everything so I could be here. <laughs> what do you mean? You dropped everything. You were literally like in L.A. doing La Laura Cleary's podcast. By the time this comes out, I think we're allowed to talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. If not, we'll edit it out. No, but we you were in L.A. doing Laura Cleary's podcast, which I'm jealous because I love Laura. I think she's fucking hilarious. And you just hopped on a plane and came straight to Nashville to do another podcast. Yeah, I was already out in a boat. Oh, my gosh. That was so uh, Northwestern. North yeah. Northwestern. I was going to say, are you boat. Canadian? <laughs> I was already out in a boat. And uh, I thought I would just swing on by Nashville. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you for coming. So, dude, I first of all, we're doing something different today. Like I said, we're going to do this murder mystery um, thing that we had been talking about. But we're going to do that towards the end of the podcast. And it's a story that you actually brought to us that we're going to cover, which is pretty gruesome. And I can't wait to dive into that. I think it's going to be fucking amazing and everybody's going to love it. Yes. But first, I want to get to know you a little bit more and talk to you about just, you know, I've watched a bunch of your videos. I love what you do online. I think it's fucking turned into a little bit of a movement. I think anybody's anytime anybody hears the Beetlejuice song, they automatically think of you. Are they have, have they reached out to you? Anybody? No, but uh, if they want to call my people, let me know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have, have your, your people call my people. Yes, There's a exactly. Beetlejuice two coming out. Yeah. Is there really? Yes, with Johnny Depp. Oh my god! Yeah, I would love to with Johnny Depp. Yes. Oh my god, I love him. Mm -hmm. His old ass, I'd still fuck him <laughs> for sure. I mean, Johnny Depp, the hottest he ever was was in Pirates of the Caribbean because oh, he had to the eye—it's the eyeliner, <laughs> it's the makeup. I love guy liners. Oh. So, dude, uh, Johnny, call me. 
Um, and also my husband wants to fucking jam out with you. I think my husband said that in one of his interviews. So you get a two for a two for one over here. The wife and the hubby. Um, <laughs> um, I'll come too. We'll come. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to watch. Is that a five? So <laughs> yeah, everybody just wants to watch. We just, we just want to come. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's take it back. Cause I've watched a few of your videos and I've heard you say a couple times that you are the real life Veda. And for those of those people who don't know, Veda is from the movie, my girl, which is one of the best movies ever I love that movie and she grew up in a funeral home so where did you grow up um so I actually grew up in a very small town in Wisconsin oh not in the funeral home uh but yeah no I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally kidding no yeah just like I was born in a funeral home (laughs) I was born there yeah (laughs) uh no I was nine months old actually and we moved to small town USA Wisconsin and uh, my dad, are we allowed to say that? Yeah. Okay. Are we allowed to say that? I don't know if it's like politically correct, you know, because it's like, I don't know. Maybe people don't want to be called cheeseheads anymore. Uh, no, uh, totally cheeseheads. Um, and uh, we moved to Wisconsin. Uh, and uh, my mom and dad bought the funeral home together. Uh, my mom stayed home with us as kids. And my dad was full time at the funeral home all by himself. He uh, still owns those funeral homes, actually. Oh, I love that. What was that like being a child surrounded by death? Like, is it just like second skin to you or, you know, was it, did it take some getting used to or you literally were around it since you were nine months old. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I would think that that would just be kind of second nature for you. Yeah. I learned to walk in the funeral home. So I've always been around death. Uh, I've, I've seen dead people literally my entire my whole life um do you remember the first time you ever realized what you were looking at a dead body how old were you um i think that i was six five or six years old um actually i don't even know if you really want to talk about this or keep this in but no talk about um, it i remember as a child uh uh realizing that uh in the in the back room that my dad saw these people naked (laughs) Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that that moment uh, and uh, realizing how much trust that took, even at like a young age. So you might want to cut that out. Sorry. No, no that's fine. That's actually fascinating <laughs> um, because, you know, they have it's a very death is intimate. It, it mm-hmm. really is. It's an intimate, um, you know, fragile, delicate scenario i'm learning that with my dad you know dying in front of my eyes so it's very i the, I, I text jay the other day and i told him i said the best thing we could ever do for everybody around us is make sure we know what we're doing and when we die absolutely i was like because my neither one of my parents knew and thank god i was blessed enough to be able to scramble and make shit happen for them but not a lot of people have that blessing you no. know and I think the best thing you could give to somebody is saying, Hey, I've already took care of all my funeral shit. I've already, I, I know I'm going to a nursing home. Like this is where I'm going and like, let leave me here to croak and you guys go live your best life, you know? So I think that's the best gift you could give somebody. It's, it, it, it's a blessing. It's mm-hmm. a blessing. We're going to get off topic totally right now, but it really is a blessing. I've had people come in. They've been married for like 50 years. And they mm. never talked about what they wanted when they died. It's such an uncomfortable conversation, you know. The People... husband comes in. He looks at me. We're sitting there at the table. And he says, I don't know what to do. He said, we were married for 50 years. And we never talked about what we wanted when we died. And I don't know what I would do to make her happy. Or mm. what what we should do. And so what I do is I take his hand. And I tell him that we're just going to do it together. And we're going to do... Uh, I think sometimes people forget that funerals are really for the living. 
as much as they're for the dead to honor them they really are for the living so that we can grieve closure that person Mm -hmm. and uh so we just do our very best to do what we think that she would have liked but it really is so important to talk to your loved ones uh what you want ahead of time uh squirrel money away put it away in an account uh set up a funeral trust uh, get that conversation going because we never know when we're going to die there. What's a funeral trust? Uh, a funeral trust would be, so it's an account dedicated to uh, your funeral funds. So it, it's not supposed to be used for anything else. You can even mark it uh, since it's a trust for a funeral. It's not an asset to you. So you're not going to just go and your kids aren't just going to go spend it on bingo or I don't right. know, at the, oh at the my God. could you imagine going and splurging mom and dad's funeral fucking <laughs> I'm money sure there's someone who has golly smoke it away so it's That's... just a way to keep it safe and then the state can't view it as an asset to someone um, that is meant for funeral expenses and then when the person dies we then have access to that account and we're able to pay for the funeral with that wow that's amazing. I'm going to set one up this week. <laughs> it's always Same. so morbid to think about it, but it's like, it's so necessary, especially watching what I'm going through with my parents. I'm like, your parents, do they have a plan? Yeah, uh, yeah they do. They oh, good for them. Well, I wouldn't expect everything. anything less from your fucking <laughs> You're planned very out family. People. Yeah. <laughs> that is such a gift. It is such a gift. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank them. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um. So, And by the way, if I walked into a funeral home and you were there to console me, I think I might like get a boner. Oh, because- <laughs> stop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because listen, I walked into my funeral home whenever my mom croaked and I'm telling you the dude was like not not compassionate there was no hot chicks there you know like if I saw you across the table I'd be like you know I think I might be able to deal with this a little bit easier (laughs) (laughs) and that is like the greatest compliment of my entire existence thank you (laughs) so circling back to um seeing realizing that it was a dead body when you were five or six years old you know do you have have you seen spirits? Do you see spirits or you're just around dead people? Like, have you ever had like a haunted spooky situation happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear. Okay. One. So, uh, I, um, I kind of went through this time, uh, uh, in my life where I, <laughs> I started realizing that people are given the choice to follow their bodies after they die. Um, your spirits, I'm a very big believer in that. And I've seen it, I've witnessed it, and I've felt it myself. Mimi's <laughs> face oh right now. <laughs> yeah, you're not ready for this one. Uh-oh. I don't think I am. <laughs> okay. So I picked up a gentleman. He died of cancer. Hmm. And so it was kind of a long time coming. They had come in and pre-planned. And so I knew his wife ahead of time. Very nice lady. And uh, he passed in the very early morning hours. I went out to the house. Um, you know, I, I do my thing. And then I bring him back to the funeral home. And um, the minute that I bring him into the funeral home, uh, he his wishes were for cremation. So then I, um, I roll him off into a special room where we prepare people for cremation. And I go into the building to find his file and pull it so that the office gal can... Uh, just kind of get everything ready for me for the next day. So when I meet with the family, we finalize everything. And I walk in the office and the clock is dead above my desk. And I thought, oh, well, that's kind of weird. So I walked into the main office and that clock was dead. And then I walked into the chapel and that big ass clock was dead. Because in afterlife, there's no time. And then I walked into the arrangement room. I ended up walking through the whole fucking building and ended up finding out that every single clock, and they're all run on AA batteries, AAA batteries, every single one of them was dead. Mm. That that has never happened, um, has never happened again. And 
once I realized that every single clock in the, in the entire building was dead, I walked back into the back room and I just felt this super heavy feeling. And I felt like I was being watched and I got nervous and I left um, because I had done what I needed to do and it was time for me to leave. So I left and I came back the next morning. You know, I get to go home, get a couple hours of sleep and I come back and the wife meets me the next morning. We sit down for the arrangements and I didn't tell her about the clocks because I didn't want to, I didn't want to scare her or make yeah. her feel uncomfortable. And, and you know what? For all I knew, it could have been a coincidence. Right. Because when those weird things happen to you, you try to talk yourself out of them. That mm. it didn't, you know, all the batteries were dead because we put them all in at the same time. Even though I know, <laughs> even though I know we didn't because they yeah. die at random times. Yeah. So we're meeting and I'm signing the paperwork and she says, you know, I got to tell you something. And I said, well, what's wrong? And she said, when you left my house and I went back inside my house, all of my clocks were dead. Excuse me. I just got goosebumps. I just, and oh. I, I said, what? And I just, I looked at her and then I told her what happened. I said, all the clocks died here too. And we just kind of shared this moment where we just stared at each other. And that was that. And so I sent her off to the flower shop and she went and picked out flowers. So fast forward a couple days, uh, the entire time that he was there at the funeral home, I did not feel alone in that building. Um, I had some doors that would shut on their own uh, that my boss would tell me was just the wind shifting in the building. There's yeah. no fucking wind in Love the building. Love that, yeah. <laughs> and um, so the day of the funeral, uh, there were tons of flowers. He knew a lot of people. And there were lots of vases. And I set every single flower up there. I'm very, when you're a funeral director, people don't really know. You set everything up. You put the flowers up. You put the cards out. Mm. You just, you help with the obituary. You do everything from start to finish. You're like the event planner, but for death. Right. And you see yeah. it all the way through. That's what you do. Literally. So the son gets up and he's telling a story about his dad. They were really big into deer hunting. And he is telling his dad that he's really sad that he's going to miss him this year for deer hunting but they're gonna still go in his memory and as he is telling this this memory and you know telling his dad he's probably bummed out that he's gonna miss out on the big buck because he's gonna get it this year and his dad's not gonna be able to all of a sudden I'm standing in the back and I watch this glass flower vase start spinning on the stand and I'm looking at that fucking flower vase my heart is on the ground I'm like don't you fall over don't you fall over and it falls over in slow motion like just fell the whole congregation everybody there goes <gasps> you know just freaking out because the flower <laughs> vase just tipped over the, yeah. the the glass shatters and I immediately run up there embarrassed thinking that maybe it was my fault that I put the flower vase too far to the one side and um, I go to start picking it up and that specific flower vase had an ornament on it that was a uh, like a 10 point buck and when it hit the ground, the antlers had broken off of the wow. deer. So all of a sudden it was a doe and the son picked up the ornament and he just burst out laughing because we took that as a sign from his dad that he was not going to get the big buck and that he was just going to get a doe. <laughs> of all the flower vases that could have tipped over. Yeah. That's was, not a coincidence. No, no. No. I do not believe in coincidences at all. That's amazing. And the wife came up and um, at the end we really shared this special moment and she hugged me and we cried and I just, I I really do believe that we, 
we get to follow it, it it was too perfectly timed with him telling that story for that flower vase to fall over absolutely a um, couple weeks later uh, the son did come in to pick up the death certificates and he told me that the only thing he got was was a doll oh, oh my goodness oh my gosh just I have wild. goosebumps that's I, crazy that's crazy is it hard for you to meet different families all the time and meet them under such you know terrible circumstances and watch them grieve and be able to like have good energy yourself like I would think that would be heavy to have to deal with on a daily basis it is really heavy I'm not gonna lie it is really heavy uh, our industry has a very high turnover rate so mm-hmm. we have uh, I, I think this is a really positive thing but we have a lot of women coming into the industry now uh, when I graduated even um, gosh it doesn't feel like it was that long ago but really it was <laughs> uh, I graduated in uh, 2015 mm-hmm and when I graduated, uh, there was like a class of 20 of us, very small, and we only had three men. So the women ratio has really, I love that, um, is yeah. really heavy now in the industry. Yeah. Um, so there will be a really big shift soon because um, of that numbers. I think it needs more compassion anyway, so I'm happy that more women are getting involved. Yes, it's like we were made to do this. Mm. We were made to do this. Yeah. And um, so I love to see more women in the space, but to answer your question, yes, it is heavy. Um, it uh, it can weigh on you, uh, but what I find peace in is knowing that I am helping them and they need me. They mm. need me because they're in such a state of grief that they're not thinking clearly mm. and they... They are just looking for someone to take them by the hand and guide them through that process. And I, it, it brings my soul such peace and so much purpose to be yeah. able to be the one to help them through that time. And uh, don't get me wrong, I mean, there's days where I go home and I just cry because there's, you know, life is so fragile and so precious and it's taken from, it's always, honestly, it's always taken from those that, their lives are just cut way too short and yeah. it's it is really sad so we do you know it's a very high turnover rate uh, we we do get depressed we do turn to um probably unhealthy coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and uh it's a very very hard line of work to be in but very rewarding at the same time because you you do get to help people yeah so growing up in that, um, do you feel like you never had an opportunity to want to be something else or is it a passion for you because you were so surrounded by it as a child? I remember my dad um, tucking me in one night and coming up to me and saying, I can't wait for you to take over the funeral home one day. And I looked at him and I said, I don't want to do what you do. Oh. I, and um, I swear, I, I think I saw him tear up when when I said that to him. Oh. And I, but I said, I said, I, I just, I was young. I said, I, I don't want to do what you do. I want to do my own thing. I want to be my own person and go out there and get my own degree. And uh, since that conversation, we didn't talk about it. Um, so I ended up finding my way into this kind of on my own, mm-hmm. um, which I can tell you about a few. Yeah, I would love to hear. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I was, uh, my parents got divorced. Okay. So How old were you? 12 okay uh horrible age for your parents to get divorced yeah. by the way yeah. it's a rough, That's a rough age That's a rough one. i think <laughs> divorce for point. any age of kids is brutal True. but especially like seven and up when you know like mommy and daddy are not going to be together anymore no yeah. 
No, and as a child, you remember those conversations too. Mm-hmm. Like when your parents or sit you down yeah. mm-hmm. and say, we're not going to be together anymore. And I, you remember that heartbreak. You remember that feeling of what? You're what? You're breaking up. You're not going to be together anymore. And uh, so my mom moved to Minnesota because most of my family is from Minnesota. So that's why you might hear that. Yeah, the Minnesota. <laughs> the Minnesota. Weird. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I thought it was Canadian at first. <laughs> I know. It, uh-huh. I get that all the time. You're like, oh, you're from Canada, right? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so uh, that, and that's where I graduated high school from. And the reason we, we moved to a community, um, community sounds weird, just a neighborhood. And my, uh, my cousins lived there. And I was so excited to move there because we were the same age. And um, when I was 17, um, actually I was 18. I had just turned 18. And we were set to graduate that spring. So it was around April. And my cousin that I grew up with uh, took his own life. Mm. And I have never... I've never known loss like that. Yeah, just That's like so sudden. It's so abrupt. Hit you hit the ground. You yeah, hit the ground. Um, I always feel like suicide is so selfish, and I might get in trouble for saying that, but I only say that because you're hurting. You're not hurting just yourself. You're literally hurting the people who love you. You know, and it's such a selfish decision. It. I. I. I feel that. And then on the other side of the coin, I also feel that that person, they felt like that was the only choice that they had. Yeah, and they're, they're, in they're in so not, much pain. Mm-hmm. They're in so much pain. They're not in their right state of mind because he, you know, he was always a person that, that did what he wanted to do. He just was. He always was. That, that was, he was, he was so popular. He was so well loved. He was so, and um, I just think that he didn't. He couldn't find a way out of his grief and he no. didn't think that his life was worth living. So sometimes it can be a selfish, selfish decision, but I definitely think that it can be a decision where they're just not in the right mental space and they just think that this is it. This is my life goes nowhere yeah. and it's a horrible mind space to be in. And I only know that because I was also suicidal before he took his life. Same. I've been there before. Wow. Before he took his mm-hmm. life. Wow. What what was causing you to be suicidal? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, lots of things. Um but let's talk about your trauma, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren. I'm not gonna pull to it ju- out of her. I'm not about that trauma, Lauren. I was just gonna skate on by. <laughs> no, nope, we know you're never <laughs> skating. Listen, you're never skating by trauma with me, ever. So your parents get a divorce. Let's start oh there. Oh my god, they're gonna fucking hate me for talking Aww, about this. But it's real and it's truth, and I think that it helps people that have gone through other things that that you've gone through, or the same things that you've gone through. So you know, it's hard when your when your parents go through a divorce. They think that they own that experience. Right. It's their yep. their pain. And, and when it, when yeah. you go to talk about that, I've talked about it once or twice on my platform before, and my parents do not like that because Aww. they you know, that was their marriage and their experiences. But what sucks for me as a child, yes, that was your experience, but I fucking lived it. Right. I fucking lived that shit. You put me through that. Yeah. I had to go to therapy for that. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. My parents did not get along. They still don't. They hate each other. Uh, No. So even up until the divorce, they were probably beefing all the time, fighting and stuff. So that, that 
affects a child too. Yep. I won't raise my voice in my house or to anybody anymore because I grew up in a house where I had a mom who did nothing but fucking scream her oh, head gosh, off. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, it's fine. Fuck her. But yeah, yeah no, literally. Her skating past her trauma too. <laughs> hey, let's go on yours. Do you want to talk about yours? Yeah. No, I'm just saying, you know, like it's just they don't parents don't realize how it really affects it's their like children staying together for kids right i, I hate people, that just end it just yeah don't stay together for the kids because you're making it 10 times worse absolutely don't stay together for the kids but then at the same time do not involve your fucking kids in your drama please absolutely because it still haunts me and my sisters today oh did your parents do that they oh, ma- did yeah. they make you choose sides and oh stuff? absolutely oh my gosh absolutely yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was um it was horrible it was like it's it, I don't even know where to start to even tell you I mean it's just you have one parent that might be trying to keep you from the trauma but then the other one feels like we know too much so they want us to hear their side and um, um, what it comes down to is that um, my I mean hell hath no fury like a woman that scorned absolutely and uh, my mom even wrote a book about um, my dad uh, my dad cheated on my mom sorry oh, dad but you yeah. did <laughs> Um, and, uh, that has multiple times and that has just followed. It's, and it I just, don't want it broke her heart. Yep. And, and then she didn't so know then how to she heal. went out and did her thing. And then he was, you know, and then it was like, then they were just fighting about that. And it's almost like teenagers. It, yeah. it is. It you is. Know? And, and you, kids. and you as the child, you as the 12, 13, 14, 15, you as feel like parent. you have to be the parent. Mm-hmm. You have to be the parent. And, um, I mean, sometimes I still feel like I'm the parent, even, even. I, <laughs> no, trust me. We're all I get in it. That, like, yeah. Yeah. Point right now, you've become the parent to your dad. I've become the parent to mine. Yeah. yeah. Like we all make that dynamic shift eventually. Mm-hmm. And yes. That's exactly where we ended up. Yes. Yeah. It, and it's, it's wild. They take care of you when you're in diapers and then how life switches and then yeah. all. And, and, and then you take care of them when they're them in diapers. diapers <laughs> literally. Before they, before they die. Yeah. Isn't that wild? So, so be nice to your kids, people, because um, th- you're. <laughs> yeah, we're the ones who got to take care of you. We, we take care. Of and your actually, shit. my parents were fucked up to me, and I'm still taking care of them. So <laughs> yeah, you ended up taking care of both your parents. Yeah, both on. of them. I yeah, that's a whole nother fucking. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, so was it just all the um back and forth with your parents that was making you feel suicidal, or mm-hmm. was you know? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. getting caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to therapy, and then having the therapist tell me that, <laughs> um, that we knew too much, and that you know we were being told to pick sides, and um, just it was a lot. I, I mean, there's so much. I mean, we we could literally spend like three podcasts on this. Yeah. I, it just no. It was it was a lot. It was overwhelming for a child. And then you see your parents fight and it's just, um, you feel, you feel overwhelmed. You feel like it's never going to get better. Even for you, it, it affects your mental health as a child mm-hmm. because that's supposed to be your dad. And then when your dad finds someone else or your mom finds somebody else or, you know, and then they break up with that person, you go through that loss all over again. Yeah. It, it, it's like you're mourning somebody who's alive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's brutal. So how did you get through your suicidal idea? Was it ideation or just mm-hmm. thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah, did you, I, how do you think you got through that? You know, I, um, I don't, I, I, I don't really know, but it was just, it was weird because I was having those thoughts and then my cousin took his own life right. just out of the blue unexpectedly. And it was, I remember feeling that loss and knowing that I didn't want to do that. 
maybe that was his lesson and his blessing in his death was a lesson to you of like, Hey, this is what it feels like when you suddenly take your life. You know? Yeah. 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 And I, when I saw, I mean, all the people that turned up and my aunt and uncle and just, you know, his mom and dad and my, my aunt and uncle, they've never, I, you look in their eyes now and they've never been the same. Yeah, I mean that's got to be losing a child. I could I've never shut out my own kid, but I couldn't imagine no. losing Bailey or no. you know it like, cha- it changes that person. I'm was sure. there any warning though? I mean, had he been going to therapy like you, or was it just very sudden? It was it was kind of like a secret. He he had told them that he was having these thoughts. They they were getting him on medication. They were getting him help. So he had come to them one time, if not two, and said, "I'm I'm having these thoughts and I need help." And uh, they were working on his medications, and then all of a sudden, he just... Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Sometimes medications can make it worse. Yeah. Um, she's been through with like some of my medications where I ended up just having to cold turkey them because they were giving me more than what I was trying to prevent. Uh. So like I was fighting more being on them than I was off of them. So I just chose to be take it holistic and not big pharma. Mm. I'm already on the edge all the time. Not so much lately. I've been really good the past. I think it's past year. I've been really good. But before when I was going through all that vitamin shit that I there was times where it was like if you went like this I was fucking jumping off the edge so anytime they mentioned medication to me I was like I don't have the mental aptitude to go through any sort of like bullshit with these things if if one of those medications pushes me off the edge I'm going you know so I never did it every fucking time every time landscaping that's okay I've literally had to pay these guys to go away Really? We did. Several we times. We'll go out there and be like, we'll give you 20 bucks to leave. Yeah. Every he'll, time. He'll make a he'll make a quick pass. Just give it one yeah, second. Yeah, he'll go away in a second. He'll walk down the alley, and then they'll leave. Yeah. What 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 day of the week is it? They're here every I feel like Friday. they're here every Every day. time we're here filming a podcast, <laughs> they're here. Yeah. Like, they're, it's just not, a, it's crazy. Look, it's going to get louder. He's going to go right under here. That's okay. Then I, I can drink something. Yeah. <laughs> you can drink during, like, you can totally. Yeah, you're fine. I might need some better than water. What do you got? What's that? <sighs> Energy drink. Oh, I I'm thought not you were fun. having a drink with me. <laughs> Mimi, <laughs> Mimi stays lit. Yeah, literally. I couldn't do it. I There's no way. Oh, do they, same. Do you guys drink the Celsiuses? No. Oh, I'm on those. I don't do any energy drinks. I can't fucking love it. Celsius is, I feel like, the only one that doesn't make me have the come down after. Where, like, sometimes like energy drinks you get like especially red bulls you get like a quick little burst of a high and then you have the worst come down from red bulls no celsius is like my treat Mm -hmm. the um the coffee was giving me anxiety the two sips i took in fucking texas she had to run on a treadmill one time (laughs) she got too cracked out from coffee i got so (laughs) cracked out from coffee one time it hurt it physically hurt i was like this is who how like how do people fucking survive like this learn to drink coffee at funerals and visitations yeah that's all we had was coffee and water oh my gosh why is that why is it they only have coffee and water that's you know it's uh 
uh, it won't stain the carpet. Why don't they? <laughs> why don't they serve alcohol at these? Things? When you're in small town USA, that's just what they do. You know, they'll bring they whatever they want to do in the parking lot. I don't care. But we, we you know, we have um, we don't want it for liability. Right. Liability with the yeah. funeral homes are a really big thing. You probably know that. Like, you know, just having people sign waivers mm-hmm. and um, you don't want people to come in the funeral home get trashed and another big thing that funeral homes deal with is uh having people come in the bathrooms and overdose oh. so we're teached about narcan and um how to administer administer that because they're in so much grief yep. they just overdo yep. it oh goodness yep. gracious wow so no better place to od though you know uh, yeah, yeah i guess so right? well you still gotta go to the morgue oh so there's yep. a whole process yep. okay the, gotcha. you, if you Over- if you take your life <laughs> if you overdose uh uh car accident sudden death i mean anything you go to the morgue for an autopsy you cannot mm. you cannot decline it it's yeah. your family can't say you didn't want it you are having an autopsy yeah so circling back your cousin's suicide is what kind of propelled you into this yeah. industry mm-hmm. can we talk about that yeah so i was going to school to be a dentist um, oh I was they have like the up. highest suicide rate ever i didn't know that until i think i heard yeah. you say that on yeah. one of those podcasts <laughs> yeah yep i i wanted to do um i just wanted to make people feel good about yeah. their teeth and i'm um, looking back i don't know why the fuck i thought that because i don't even <laughs> want to be in people's mouths <laughs> especially I, i've seen dead people mouths like mm. Yeah. No, I, no I, and I can't. The blood, the blah, blah, I can't do no, it. No, I'm sorry. That, and the cracking of the fucking... Yep. Somebody's going to come at me and say that was disrespectful, but I'm sorry. When you get old and you're in your 90s, your teeth are... It's not good. Your your breath's not good. You don't want to be anywhere near the mouth, and you don't want to be anywhere near their feet. <laughs> their toenails... Said, when you're 90, out. your breath's not good. Do you take out dentures before cremation? Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. You, uh, dentures, I mean, I'm not going to go feel around in there. I, I might have cremated a denture or two, uh, but... Uh, yeah, those are going to stay. I don't want to go on your mouth. Oh, good. So they can burn. They can burn. Yeah. So you, um, so I was going to go to dental school Yeah. and I went to school and I ended up dropping out and oh my gosh, my parents were so mad at me. They're like, what are you doing? So I moved in with my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> Campus security actually called my mom and they're like, we haven't seen your daughters. <laughs> um, my mom thought I was dead somewhere. <laughs> so she oh. freaked out. Uh, but uh, yeah, I moved in um, with my boyfriend. Uh, my mother-in-law is nuts, and uh, that didn't go well. So uh, he was living with his mom at the time in the basement. We're, we're young, you know, so we had, you know, just we were working at a bakery, right? <laughs> uh, making coffee drinks and stuff in downtown Minneapolis. And so my uh, one of my uncles was hiring, and he was looking for somebody to do corner calls. And so is your whole family just yeah. a whole family of mm-hmm. just death? Aren't most funeral homes very family oriented? Yes. Like they're just family ran and owned? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, my dad actually has a twin brother and he has uh, funeral homes in Minnesota. And uh, then I have another uncle that does it. My grandpa did it. So I'm technically a third generation funeral director and my grandma does flowers. Gotcha. Hi, grandma. Love you. Aw. Hi, yeah. grandma. So uh, until my grandpa died and then uh, now th- they're all still doing it and I am, I'm the one that decided to stay with my kids. But uh, yeah, so just for now. And then so I guess <laughs> I started doing the corner call stuff and ended up realizing that I actually really liked it. I so, what, is a, what does a corner call consist of? So a corner call is, a, is really it's the horrible deaths. So mm. it's the, the drug overdoses, the suicides, homicides. Uh, car accidents, 
a very sudden death that would require an autopsy. Mm. So I, I did all those calls and I went and worked for my dad for the summer. And then I started a community college that following fall uh, and just told my dad I wanted to do this. So I bet dad was elated. Very, very excited. Um, and Isn't uh, it crazy how life's full circle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my mom thought I was crazy to go work for my dad. Oh, <laughs> damn it, mom, relax. <laughs> This is her life. <laughs> and, and so she's like, well, you're going to have to figure it out on your own. So I did. Um, and um, uh, yeah, so and the, the rest is kind of history. But when my cousin took his life, I really, I didn't see myself. I, I really got depressed again myself. I just, I missed him. I couldn't believe he made that decision. I couldn't believe he was gone. And I, I went to school. I hated it. Uh, switched, started thinking about going and helping other people that have lost a loved one. And you'll find that a lot of morticians, funeral directors, that we we, we get into this industry for that reason because mm-hmm. we have lost someone that we love so much and it's healing for us to help somebody else. I actually wanted to be a mortician. Really? Yes, I did. Um, and I looked into it. Vegas didn't offer a lot of um, schooling for that. And the reason why I wanted to get into it was because I have such a fear of death. And I was like, I'm the type of person, like, if I fear something, I want to face it head on. So I was like, you know, if I could get into this industry, then I would be able to conquer my fear of death. And of course, it never worked out that way because, you know, again, Vegas didn't have the schooling that they probably have now back when I wanted to do it. But I've always been fascinated uh, with death and like all things, you know, just dark and like, I don't want to say sinister, but just like that. You're right, dude. <laughs> I have always had a fascination with um, all of those things. So I just, you know, it was very fitting for me to want to do that. But then I decided to be a stripper and uh, here we are. <laughs> I wanted to do hair. Yeah. Or, like, and I had before. I've yeah. gone to a funeral home mm-hmm. for a client that passed away and did her hair. But I wanted to do that so bad. But mm-hmm. my parents were like, no, it's like a family. Like a lot of funeral homes are very family based. So mm-hmm. like to yeah. get in and to get paid well is very hard. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Funeral homes are are hard to get into. I have a lot of people that message and say, oh, I want to do just the makeup or I just want to do the hair. And unfortunately, uh, we don't hire people just for that. Right. Yeah. Um, It's a it's a trust thing. But then also uh, funeral homes are cheap. And they'd rather just have the funeral directors do that yeah. so they don't have to pay somebody extra unless the family does request to have somebody specific come in to do the hair. It's, cra- it it it's crazy to hear you say funeral homes are cheap like in that aspect because death is expensive. Death is expensive. It is fucking like I had my mom. I had a private autopsy um, for my mom last year because I thought she was overdosed in her um, hospital oh. and I had um, her cremated afterwards and it's expensive. It is expensive. And that, that's not even a whole few. Fun- like I looked into funerals for her because you know, they wanted her to have a funeral in Indiana for the two people who would have showed up and it was still freaking expensive. I was just like, this is crazy. Like I'm in the wrong business. So the thing about, I don't know if you want to talk about expensive funerals or, or whatnot, but, um, yeah, we can talk about I always like to say that it's expensive to be born. It's mm-hmm. expensive to live and it's expensive to die mm-hmm. because all of those things are expensive. And unfortunately what's happening in the funeral industry is we have, um, big corporations that are mm-hmm. coming in and they're buying out family-owned funeral homes, and then they're lowering the price of these things to make it super cheap. And then what happens is they're running out the other family-owned funeral homes 
or the family-owned funeral homes are going to have to up their prices a little bit just to make it mm. because we've gone from funerals that used to cost 10 12 15 20 thousand dollars to people just want basic cremation the cremation rate's now 60 percent uh at the united states like across the nation here mm -hmm. 60% when it used to be the opposite. Right. Cremation wasn't even that popular in the 90s. Right. The Catholic right. Church didn't even adopt that it was okay to be to, cremated. To be cremated. Yeah, because isn't there, there's a Bible verse that says you're not supposed to be cremated. Yeah, they changed it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How do you change that? I don't know. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. scratch it out. So, so now they, they are accepting of it. So now uh, that's become the lesser expensive option. Mm -hmm. And so that's what families are choosing because death is unexpected. And then so many people, we weren't planning on paying this. And it's, uh, they just don't want to pay it. They don't, maybe they don't want to have a funeral. They want to go to the bar. That's a big thing in Wisconsin. Yeah. We don't have funerals at the church anymore. They weren't churched anymore. A lot of churches are, um, it's just not churching anymore. And people don't, they don't want to do that. And so they like celebration of life now. Yep. Celebration right. of life is really big now. And yeah. they're less oh, expensive. Okay. So they're not bringing caskets to the bar. Um, no. <laughs> okay. I was like, damn. Did you seriously sit there and think I that? was like, yeah, I was sitting I here would. like, I was like, my husband would probably go for I that. I would. We can make it happen. Just propped up in the corner. Yeah. Just fucking put him on a bar stool. Like weekend at Bernie's. Can, can, like just fucking we, prop him up. Can I embalm him with a bottle of like bourbon or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. Whiskey? He would love that. Fucking Casamigos. Oh Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah sure. I didn't know about like how, and I didn't know really much like cremation i guess because like yeah. all of my family members it was the catholic church so everyone got buried like yeah that, you know we mm -hmm. did caskets and yep. stuff like that and like i think i only knew one person to get that but did you see the tiktok the other day that said that um plots are only leased for like 99 years sometimes because like they were like how do you how have we not run out of land okay? right and i never thought about that they were like you know there's only so many cemeteries they lease these for like 99 years or if you've had like no what do like, they do with the body that's actually i don't think that's true uh you don't think that's true? no it, so i i, I love how lauren let you talk though <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> well you got to explain it because i just saw that the other day too yeah. and i made a little video about it because i get asked that a lot they're like because what would they do with the bodies like what are they going to yeah. dig them up and then just throw them all in a mass grave? No, they don't have the family sign any sort of a waiver. That's like, hey, in 99 years, you're fucked. And then we're going <laughs> to dig grandma up and just, you know, it, because there'd be bones, there'd be caskets. They'd have to get rid of those. Yeah. So and uh, because a lot of the, the rumors are the cemetery fills up. Oh, you haven't heard of a new cemetery in town. Well, I've heard of new cemeteries. You're just not in the right spot for one. Right. <laughs> uh, in Wisconsin, we starting got... rumors. Look at that. Can you imagine what a, a cemetery would look like from a, the view of like cutting the earth? Yes. Of like, what would you like, like just seeing, you know like what I'm saying? Like a 3D, like an image. Like yes. You can see of all like the dead people, all like the bodies, like just laying on top of each my other. My great is buried on top of her husband. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to Oh, I'm doing that plot. with Jay. Yeah. She's, I didn't know she, you could do that. put her on top of him. So we call those bunk beds. Oh, and my I God. had I had one guy. Um, his <laughs> wife died first, so we put her in the bottom bunk, and then he requested to be buried face down, Aww. so that he could be on top of her on the top bunk. Oh, and they're, but they're not in the same casket, no. right? No, nope. okay, just in spirit, you know. Oh my but it, goodness, you know he's face down face in there. Face down. That's that's really cute, actually. <laughs> that is <laughs> like, very you know. sweet. That's really Jay. Yeah. You better do that for me one day. <laughs> um, that's crazy. So you are married now mm -hmm. with babies. What mm -hmm. does your husband think about? Is he in the industry too? 
No. Okay. No. Um, I used to uh, b- bug him and make him come with me on the late night runs, though. Oh. And he helped me go on house calls and stuff. Oh. I don't even know how he didn't run for the hills because the shit I put him through. <laughs> we'd be out in the woods and we'd have somebody that died like months ago. And we're out oh, there. my like, goodness. Please come with me. <laughs> oh, the, you know, that'd be kind of fun, though. Shit in the woods. I know. I heard that died months ago. What? Mm-hmm. That would be kind of crazy. I think everybody has a morbid curiosity about death and they, you know, mm-hmm. seeing dead bodies and stuff like that. Not being disrespectful but a lot of people do no because we're all gonna die it's that one thing that just unites everybody is we are all going to die and it doesn't discriminate it it, and it can take you at any time yeah no for sure (laughs) i feel like this is so taboo and maybe that's why people are so fascinated Mm -hmm. by it yeah well people don't talk about death they don't want to it's very uncomfortable i'm learning that with my parents you know Mm -hmm. like i'm having to be like okay well let's make a game plan what are we doing you know like it's very you know how do you say hey how do you want to die when somebody's dying because death doesn't feel good Mm -mm. it doesn't feel good to talk about death. Mm -hmm. yeah because Nobody really knows where we're going after this, you know, like we have speculation, no, but no, no, nobody's ever came back besides Jesus and been like, Hey, this is what's on the other side. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so take me on your TikTok journey because you have exploded on the scene on TikTok and people just absolutely love you. <laughs> Anytime we hear the Beetlejuice theme song, <laughs> here comes Laura and the That's Mortician. So and wild. you've somehow became this child, like, I don't want to say just child, but like, what is it like you do like the um everybody wants like reviews from you on yeah, certain things? Yeah, that's so wild that that's happened too, but yeah. yeah. Um so I started TikTok kind of making TikToks just for fun, probably in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh just kind of whenever I felt like posting them and then about a year ago I started posting a lot more regularly Mm -hmm. and I went viral for a list of things that I would never do because I want to (laughs) live because I choose life yeah um and that was because you've seen a lot mm -hmm. and I think like I've seen a few hater comments where people are like you're you're not a real you know whatever they want to call it a reviewer or you're not licensed to do this and it's like a woman that has grown up around death her entire life who has seen what people have died from who has done coroner calls like I think you're pretty fucking certified I I yeah and I just oh my gosh all the hate I've been getting lately oh it's because Um, you're getting more popular yeah (laughs) I feel like TikTok's like high school and it's so crazy because like all of us OGs that have been on the app for a while it's like we all know the newcomers so you're technically kind of like a newcomer and we're welcoming you with open arms but then there's that other side of TikTok that's like who is this where is she coming from let's dissect everything she's doing and it's literally just like high school it's like a bunch of fucking people who just gossip and fucking try to like expose it's like exposing people is the thing to do these days yeah yeah and there's really not much to (laughs) at all yeah what you see is kind of what you get with me but yeah how that whole it's like so what the what they've called me is like that I didn't even like give my I've never said that I'm an expert on child safety or anything Mm. but that's what they like to say is they're like oh you can't be a child safety expert and I'm like um does anybody have a piece of paper that says I am now certified to talk to you about child safety. Yeah. No, everybody just kind of specializes in certain things. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very particular to say I'm not an expert. I'm just an opinionated as fuck mother because I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two because I have personally seen these things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it uh, it changes you as a person and as a mother, especially when you are burying mothers mm-hmm. or children 
or mm. it's um it fucks you up really it fucks yeah. you up really the kids hard. i wouldn't be able to handle the kids mm-hmm. there's no. no way no it um i did not know i did not know how many babies pass away like stillborn births or Aww. miscarriages uh-huh. i did not know how many babies pass from that until i did corner calls in mm. college so i was 19 20 21 years old and i was going to these hospitals and picking up little 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 bags with little nuggets little oh nuggets um and um i had no idea i had no idea so this tiktok thing take me on this journey you got on there you started posting and it just kind of blew up so i i, I made a list of things of toys that i didn't like last december and uh, like daily mail and everybody ran with it they're like oh my god this mortician she doesn't allow this shit in her house <laughs> like, uh-huh. and it to me it just kind of seemed like normal because that's how i grew up too because my dad was also a paramedic so mm-hmm. a lot of these things were like engraved in my brain like my dad went on horrible calls too um where uh, horrible fucking horrible uh and that was just how i grew up was and it, so it was normal to me and then when your dad's a mortician too he's got a list of things like hey we're not doing this yeah. and then when i get into it i'm like holy shit he's really right i'm not doing this shit either and and so i just made a list and then it kind of expanded into well why why yeah for each thing <laughs> so mm-hmm. i kind of went on and then and then i don't even know how it happened but i started getting tagged in videos I'm like what do you think of this what do you think of this what do you think of this and now it's escalated i don't even know where the beetlejuice started from but um if they if if that's what they want to do i'm i'm here for it well you've kind of created a safe space where people yeah. trust your opinion and that's why they tag like they do that with mama tot too like everybody when somebody's going through something they tag mama tot because they want mama tot to sit with them so yes. your thing is is like hey you've created a safe space of you seem pretty knowledgeable of what you're talking about and people want to know what your opinion is on certain things so i think that's awesome that speaks volumes of your character because you know obviously you're doing something right because it's grasping millions of people's attention what's what's crazy is um and what's sad is people think you only do it for the money the views and the likes and that's not yeah that's never been who i am or what i'm about yeah i I mean the likes and the shares and stuff i mean that's that's the i guess you could say that's like the bonus right but it's more so the inbox messages that i get from parents and like thank you for being so real absolutely thank you for my my in-laws think I'm nuts because I don't let my baby sleep with a blanket because we do sleep sacks and they did it this way for so long and they, we turned out okay and that's called survivor's bias yeah. <laughs> yeah so you survive because you know your parents were doing unsafe sleep but but so that makes it okay but no it doesn't I mean I've been there I've seen <laughs> I wish I hadn't um, but I have mm. the after effects um the parents in my face crying, yeah. just asking yeah, if it was their imagine. fault. I mean, and so what I really wanted to do is I just started making content that was, that I felt passionate about and just sharing these messages. And I get called a fear monger a lot, a lot on like hate, hate stuff. Uh, and I, I don't, let me interject real quick. I don't think people realize going viral sucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not a fucking, it's not a blessing. Like everyone's opinion. You yeah. get opinions about people that from people who don't know what the fuck is even going on, but they're just commenting because that's all they know how to do is just be a troll. You know, going viral sucks. Like it's, they, everybody's like, Oh, she's in it for the numbers and the likes. No, not really. We're in it just because we're here expressing who we are. And we're hoping that it reaches the people that we want it to reach. You yeah. know? Yes. We're hoping that it helps somebody or saves a child's life or yeah. like I didn't know the shit about popcorn. 
Yeah. And, now I, and I've gotten popcorn stuck in my throat a million times. I could only imagine if a child did that, yep. yeah. you know? So it's like, there's just so many cool things that you do point out and show um, that, you know, of course there's going to be haters who always look for the negative, but really what you're doing is, I think it's great because nobody on the app is doing that. Has that ever caused you more anxiety seeing the other side of it? Like, do you have anxiety over all of those things? I have horrible fucking anxiety. Yeah. yeah she walked in it, here having a panic attack. Yeah. She did. But I just like, if I feel like if I knew that side of things, I would have so much more anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And and uh, I think that's just what's shaped me into who I am today, really. And mm. um, I've, I've never lied about who I am or, or what what I do. And I've always been up front. And I, I think that makes me a little bit more relatable because yeah I, I definitely I have panic attacks I, I get anxiety stuff and um it, it doesn't make me an overprotective mother maybe but are my kids happy and loved and do they miss out on having popcorn no they don't it doesn't yeah popcorn or we don't do nuts you don't miss but you don't know no they don't know and yeah. and they have wonderful happy childhoods and I'm so blessed to be their mom and yeah. you just want to be the best mom you can be and what sucks about a lot of these things is as parents, we have to search this shit. They, they, they'll be selling, oh, here, parent, buy this. And you're like, oh, that looks wonderful. Take it home. And you end up finding out that it was actually recalled or yeah. it's not safe. I mm. found out a, a thing I let my daughter sleep in for like a long time got recalled for like a high death rate. Mm. And I let her sleep in this like little swaddle so many nights because oh. it's the only thing she could sleep in yeah and it was like a year later they were like oh mass amounts of infants have died in this and i'm oh. like oh, that could have been me you know that could have been my yeah, daughter no for sure so no. i just i just wanted to make a safe place where one we can talk about death two we can talk about um they want to know what but what i like and what i don't and i'm happy to tell them if they want to know and I just don't care if you don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> and no. I think and you can't because no, I'm just the people me. that love you embrace the fuck out of them. And the, there's always going to be hate when you're popular. It doesn't matter. It's like, like I said, it's high school. It's just a world divided. It there's does feel people like high school. who just yeah. love you. And then there's people who just want to talk shit because they're fucking miserable. Yeah. And you're not, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Mimi's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. It just is what it is. We can't fucking make everybody happy. But what you are doing and what you can do is make a difference and help save ch children's lives or nobody knows how to be a fucking parent. No, they don't at, give you a handbook. No, we're at all, all just learning. And Literally. If we share it together and if we're just like, hey, I do this or I do this or hey, I don't use that because of this. Yeah, I it just it just makes it a safe place where we can just talk about it. What's the difference between what you're doing and the fucking mom groups that they have on Facebook? <laughs> Those are so toxic. Literally. Actually, I've never thought about that before. Not uh, saying that you're toxic. I'm just saying those moms go in there and they post pictures. Not that I know. I've never been in one, but I'm assuming they post pictures of like, hey, this is what my child did and this is what I've learned from this. And like, you know, so it's like you're posting your experiences just like these women are. Yeah. But you're getting crucified for it because you're on a bigger platform. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I've Suck seen, that. I've seen moms haters. and mom groups literally show pictures of like a flesh eating disease on a child's foot and be like, what should I do? What should I put on this? And these moms are like, put some Neosporin. And I'm like, take that fucking kid to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> what are, why are you asking? Put some monkey's blood on it. <laughs> like what in the hell? Yeah. It's so weird. Those, those groups are so toxic and it's the worst people giving the worst advice. Yeah. At least you're educated and you've seen it. 
these women are just stay-at-home moms who think they know everything yeah it's wild for sure yeah it's a wild wild west on facebook mom groups <laughs> facebook is crazy they're their yes. own fucking thing over there facebook's i love them because they're we have a huge following over there but and let me tell you something if anybody comes at me sideways they're like warriors they will fucking go and shut pages down like they're crazy over there love facebook i'm a big believer in spirits and you know just an afterlife after seeing so much death what are your thoughts on an afterlife yeah i i get asked that question a lot yeah um i definitely believe that we are all spiritual beings just living this spiritual experience mm-hmm. and i do believe that after we die our souls our spirits we move on and I, I actually, I, I do believe in God. I believe in, uh, I believe in there being a better place mm. that we all go to. And I also believe in reincarnation. I've never actually said that anywhere before, but I do. I definitely do. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what makes you believe in reincarnation? Um, I told my mom when I was little that, mm. uh, I chose her to be my mom. Aww. Yeah. I, I was one of those, I was one of those, uh, yeah. And I was watching, uh, I she has no idea where that came from you know watching Barney and then switching to <laughs> yeah my daughter did something very similar she? she told me about a car accident when she was two and for a year straight from two to three years old um three when she could like complete more sentences she told me about she was in a car accident um a white car landed on top of her because she was playing in the road and she screamed for her mommy and daddy and they didn't come Oh. And she told that story very, very vividly as a child. And we didn't really do like TVs when she was little. So there would have been literally no way. And she was, I'm telling you, I'm a helicopter mom, really bad. Um, and I, there would have been literally no way for her to physically ever know those words. Um, other than when she, when I was pregnant, my husband was in a horrible car accident and died shortly. Um, but he, they brought him back. And that happened while I was seven months pregnant with her. And she came back and when she was two, started talking about a car accident and talked about like very, she, she talks about what she was wearing. She talks about the color of the car. She talks about everything. Oh my God. I believe that. For years. And and she's an old soul. You know, Mm, my daughter daughter is an old soul. She's done this a million times. My other one, brand new soul. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Cash is a dickhead. (laughs) Cash is so funny. Wild. Olivia has done this life a thousand times. They're so different. Kids are so different. You have one and then you have the second one. They're like totally different. Second one. How are your kids? You have boys, girls? I have two boys. Do you have twins? No. (laughs) Praise Jesus for that. (laughs) Yeah. No. No, they're uh, five and three. Oh, okay. I have to think about that. You got baby babies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just toddlers. Mm -hmm. Three is a fun age Mm -hmm. oh goodness gracious um before i wanted to talk to you about um the spiritual thing um i've also helped um people of different faiths and such and um i've had people come in and want to open a window Mm -hmm. for after somebody dies you open a window and that's supposed to encourage the spirit to leave the room Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of that yes never heard about this before Mm -hmm. so when my mom died um i've heard about that before a lot but when my mom died and i walked in there they had the window open for her and when i I walked in to see my mom i didn't feel her presence at all but i haven't felt my mom's presence 
I only felt my mom's presence for about two weeks after she died and she would come and visit me at my house yep. and she would do, she came here to the studio mm-hmm. um, when I was posting my TikTok about her, the lights that are behind you were off and they started going off and twirling in different colors and I even got a video of it and caught it on uh, TikTok and posted it on TikTok and then one night I was sleeping and I woke up and my TV was doing the different colors. Oh my god! Yeah. She would play her favorite song. Oh, and then Mama, I'm Coming Home by Ozzy Osbourne was a song that I had dedicated to her on TikTok, and it it would literally pop up. And we haven't heard it since. Oh all the time, my yeah. Gosh. It was almost like she was just like coming to say like thank you, yes, and you know absolutely. like, and I haven't felt her since the the. T- she's like left me alone, thank mm-hmm. God, you know. <laughs> did um before your mom passed, did she ever talk about like family coming to visit her or spirits like? Yeah. Uh, because I also believe that um, before we die or when we die, when the process is happening, I also believe that our loved ones that we might be missing or people that we have a soul connection with, I really do believe that they come absolutely to our bedside mm-hmm. when that happens. I believe that. So I had a really cool experience with the, not about spirits. Um, my mom had my mom did. She um, hers were more kind of like sinister. She she kept thinking that my husband was going to send somebody to kill her (laughs) and it was crazy. But she was saying, I I saw him, you know, like it was really weird, but I had a really cool experience with my husband's dad, buddy. Um, when he was dying in hospice, he wouldn't talk to anybody towards the end of his death. He couldn't talk. Um, and it was just like, he was just laying there pretty much like sleeping. And when I walked in the room, um, he instantly opened his eyes and, and and was sat up and was like really excited and was trying to talk to me, but he couldn't verbalize any words cause he was really towards the end of life. So he was making all these noises and he was just so excited, so excited. And I grabbed his hand and I was like, buddy, I love you. I'm here. What are you saying? You know? And when I grabbed his hand like that, I saw, first of all, I got overcome with the most warm feeling of love and just like, I mean, I felt like my heart was like this big, like it was the most amazing feeling I had ever felt. And all I saw was a pink galaxy. I'm talking like just stars and just a galaxy. And I mean, it brought me to tears and I was just like, and that was his way of showing me like, this is where I'm going. I'm so excited. This is where I'm going, you know? And I remember sitting there with him. And then when I walked out, I just literally lost it and started bawling in the fucking parking lot and told Jay and Jay was like, I believe it. He's like, cause buddy wasn't talking to anybody. And then as soon as I walked in, that's when he started freaking out and, it was just a really cool experience. So I definitely believe in spirits. I definitely believe there's an afterlife. I definitely believe there's something mm-hmm. more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was young, my mom and I, we were driving in our uh, small town. And um, we went to go over this bridge and there was a car. And we watched the car end up going into the water. Oh, my goodness. And floating down, down the river. Um, my mom immediately pulled over. She uh, got, you know, 911. And 911 asked her how many people are in the car, and she told them three. Three people are in the car, three people are in the car, but they're not trying to get out. And we, we, we watched it sink. And I, I was little. I, I, I remember the panic. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't remember everything that she saw. The emotion. Mm-hmm. So the police came, and they, they pulled the car out. And my dad came and looked at my mom, and he said, Joanne, the there was only one person in the car and my mom was hysterical. She said, no, there was three people in the car. 
one of them had a specific shape to his nose and she was able to list everything about those two people and the one they were in the back seat of the car and the woman was driving and she just had her hands on the wheel and she went in the water and the she didn't even try to escape she didn't even try to get out nothing they only found one body so at the funeral uh, my mom ended up knowing the family and my mom went and looked at all the pictures that they had and my mom ended up having a panic attack because she looked at one of the pictures and her husband and her son had died in a car accident and my mom swears up and down that it was them that was in the back seat of the car oh it's like they were going to save her and that's i think that she could see them wow. and i think that that's why she didn't panic and why she didn't try to escape out of the car and why she do you the think river maybe was she was so committing high. suicide i think so mm goodness gracious there's no reason why else for her to be parked there like there was no reason she was the water was high that year and it just came and it swept the car away and she didn't even you know most people if 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 i'm gonna sink in a car i'm gonna be bashing on that window i mean i'm gonna live you're gonna gonna, try to kick the window out you're gonna gonna do something no and she just sat there with her eyes straight ahead with her hands on the wheel as the car went down my mom said it was the eeriest thing she's ever seen and then the two people in the back seat they didn't do anything either and uh, so that's a big, re- I mean, I, I totally wow. believe you. I believe you. I, I love to hear that you, you touched buddy, mm-hmm. buddy, and you felt and you experienced that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been told you're like a psychic medium before? Yes. So I, yeah, I've read numerous people and I just, oh my goodness. I fight it. And I, apparently I found out before my mom passed away that I come from a long line of Kentucky white trash witches. So, no shit. Really? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. They She's all had a gift and they were all deemed mentally unstable. Especially yeah. your Aunt Bunny. Yeah. I, oh, you want to hear something crazy, Lauren? Mm-hmm. We're, we're totally getting off topic I know, here, but, but I love it. So I don't know my family. I don't know either sides of my family. My family is really fucked up and toxic. I didn't meet my mom until I was 36. I didn't spend time with my mom until she was dying. She came here to die, and that's when I got to spend the last six months of her life with her. Technically three because I got pissed off at her, but... Um, during that time, you know, I was just asking her questions and stuff like that. And one day she said, yeah, your aunt bunny. And I go, what? She goes, yeah. She goes, didn't, isn't that why you named yourself bunny? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, one of my aunts, her name is bunny sent me. I have a picture of her in my phone. Aunt bunny wears eyeshadow. Like I do big fucking fluffy fur coats. Does her hair all big? Like literally like I'm like a version of her. And I'm like, I never fucking knew that. Like, that is so crazy that I had an Aunt Bunny in my life and never knew that. But, like, isn't it crazy how just shit gets passed down? But wasn't down? she the one that was, like, very witchy? Yeah. Well, they were all witchy. Yeah. It was, yeah. there was seven of them. So, they were all witchy. They all had gifts, but they were all deemed, like, kind of mentally unstable because none of them knew how to deal with their gifts. Unbelievable. It, yeah. It, like, used to scare them. And, and to be truth be told, I was scared of my gifts all the way up until, like, probably two years ago when mm-hmm. I was going through that all that darkness. I finally got to the point where I was like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Shadows in the corner, fucking ghosts popping yep. around me. Like, I don't care. And yep. as soon as I did that and I let it go, it left me. Mm-hmm. It was almost like because I was so scared of it, it, it like the the lower vibration invited the dark entities around me. And then the minute I was just like, I don't care if you're going to harm me, you're going to harm me. The, Jesus is going to protect me no matter what. I don't care that you're here. I don't care that you're fucking with me. They dissipated and I never have problems. Now when I see stuff, I'll see stuff out of the corner of my eye or I get visions all the time of stuff. I've predicted deaths, people's deaths mm-hmm. that have happened. I predicted my dad dying this year. My husband didn't believe me until two weeks ago. He even told me, he was like, Bunny, 
I thought you were the girl that was crying wolf. Cause I kept telling him, I feel like my dad's going to die next year. I started that like last year. And then I, this year I was like, I just feel like something's off. I'm my dad's going to die this year. Boom. Find out fucking what? Not even two, three weeks ago mm-hmm. that my dad is dying of stage four cancer. Oh, he never my. told us, you know, so it's just crazy. It's, it's been a, it's been a blessing and a curse, but I'm learning to embrace it. So I'll never call myself a psychic and I'll never call myself a medium, that word, but, but yeah. yeah, cause I don't channel it. No, but I mean, a or gift, I guess. Yeah. In, in tune. tune. In I tune. Like that word. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally in You're tune. Very in tune. I like that. Yeah. Well, let's answer some questions off Patreon. If you guys are on my Patreon, you guys had the privilege of being able to ask Lauren the mortician any question you wanted to know about death. So Mimi's going to pick a few out and we're going to let Lauren answer. Has anyone ever woken up on the table? Oh, dear God. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I hear about those stories all the time. Yeah, though. yeah. Like, where mm-hmm. they like pronounce them dead incorrectly or like, or does it, is it true that people have like involuntary movements? Cause like you've been on call. So does a body move after it's dead? Usually not. Gotcha. <laughs> um, you know, it, if you, if, if you're there like right after they die, I mean, sometimes the brain still works and things uh, flinch and things, but no, <laughs> I heard that people get erections. is that true um (laughs) (laughs) so um after we die there's a chemical process that occurs um so uh immediately after we die we get really hot Uh, so the temperatures skyrocket you'll get a fever um post-mortem i can't say the word um, somebody's gonna comment it um, but anyways, so after we die, we get really hot. And then once that fever passes, we get, it, it goes down and then we get super cold. And then why do we get that fever? Is it because the body's still trying to fight to stay alive? I, that's a good question. I, uh, I actually don't remember. Mm. I know they taught us in school, Yeah. but I just know that that's typically what happens. Mm. Um, it happens after you die. So after you die, the body heats up, it's a chemical reaction and then it cools down. And then that's how rigor mortis sets in after a couple hours then lasts for some time. So technically, um, things can get erect during rigor mortis. However, that will pass. And uh, for those that I already know who are wondering, um, penises shrink after you die by a couple of inches. Damn, so if you're already small to begin with, you are innie. fucked. Um, you got a belly button. You're, um, you're micro, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, could you imagine though seeing a dead body and it's just like... <laughs> I would laugh. <laughs> I'd be like, right on, brother. <laughs> I would be so stoked so, for that, so you'll dude. You'll see all these stories about, there's one on TikTok. It's fake. It, it was on a parody website of, I had a baby with a with a dead man. Oh, so, yeah. It, she worked in the morgue and she, had, it's not possible. That's not true. You're not getting up there and that's not, it's not going down. Mm. So they can't ejaculate after. No, okay. no. <laughs> so no ejaculation after death, boys. No, but however, you can extract semen um, within a limited amount of time after you die. But it has to be done by a professional. I would not know where to yeah. to do that. Mm. Um, and people have done that. Yeah. That's crazy. To make babies, you know. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. What's the youngest person you've ever encountered dead? And what is the oldest person you've ever encountered dead? Oh, that's quite the question. Um, I have, um, I have, for youngest, I have been on many miscarriages. So... Mm. Um, I mean, I have been to the hospital and I hold them in my hand. Um, I've also had people call the funeral home and send pictures of they've had a miscarriage and they're only about 12 weeks. And we don't do cremations if they're 
only 12 weeks because um, even if they're under 20, sometimes it can be difficult because we might not get in any any ashes because they're just so small and there's not really much for bones that are have developed. Oh. So, um, you know, that's unfortunately that is the youngest. And then the oldest, I've had people over 100 years old before. Really? Mm-hmm. And they're healthy as a horse up until, you know, and... Um, yeah, I don't think I want to live that long. My no, great aunt lived to 101, and Good she Lord. was a bad bitch. Bad. On deathbed, was wearing bright red, bright red lipstick on her deathbed, <laughs> bro. That's why I'm going out with lashes. I'm definitely going out with lashes. What is the craziest cause of death you've ever seen? It's probably not that crazy because I've 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 <laughs> I've seen so many different, yeah. um, and a lot of them are really depressing, honestly. Um, but I had a gentleman that worked like as a lineman and he was up super duper duper high, like hundreds of feet up Oh no! and he fell off of, he was supposed to have his proper equipment on and, um, he fell all the way down. Oh, um, when I got there, the medical examiner already had him in the body bag. And so I was supposed to bring him for the autopsy. But the reason why that one sticks with me is because when I was on my way back, his cell phone started ringing in his pocket. And it rang and it rang and it rang all the way back to the morgue. And I couldn't, I, once that bag is sealed, I can't open it and answer it. And it was probably one of the creepiest moments. I don't even know if I'd call it creepy, but just like <sighs> surreal. Like knowing that somebody was calling him, it like broke my heart and that I couldn't. I did that for my husband. Mm. I called, I, I, there was like 20 missed calls on his phone. Yeah. Because his, he was on the phone with his um, grandma when he crashed. Oh. And so she called me and was like, I think something just happened. Mm. And I just sat there and I, I hit repeat over and over and over. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So it's, yeah, it, death is, it's all around us and it can happen to anybody and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of wild. Yeah. When it, yeah. Um, someone wants to know how long does a person stay embalmed? Uh, you know that it's hard to say because a lot of us don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't go dig no, up the body to no, check later. We don't just go and, uh, you know, dig people up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have, but I, uh, that was a fresh one. So, I mean, it, uh, not like, we, <laughs> that was more tr- That was mortician humor we right there. We can't pass over that. Why did you have to dig someone up? Oh, it's a whole drama. Uh, so this guy died. He was younger, uh, very sudden and his mom's still alive. Bless her little heart. And we planned out the burial and we buried him. Whole whole family came. And the next day I get a phone call from this man and he is so fucking pissed at me that I buried his nephew in his grave. As he stood there and watched me bury him in the grave. Turns out that he wanted that plot because he wanted to be next to his mom. And um, What an awful human. So he was sisters, brother and sister. So yeah. the sister was the one who buried her son. So I had to call that poor little lady. And it was a whole, I mean, there, the, this dude's calling, screaming at me. She's crying. And it, it was horrible. So that's something they don't teach you in school is that you are almost like this therapist and you have to mediate the situations. You don't know that's in your job description. So I had to call the cemetery. We had to dig him up. The guy would not what? drop it. He was going to sue the funeral home. He was going to sue the cemetery. So nobody did anything wrong. But this guy claims that that was his plot. So we had to dig him up. That's so Poor sad. lady. She had to pay to have the vault man come back out and the grave digger. Because, you know, it was a full burial. Yeah. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Awful. The death brings out the worst in people. Oh gosh, oh. it is brutal. It's all. It's always about the money, unfortunately. Yeah, but. no, it's that's why. Anytime my parents have passed, or you know, whatever happens with my dad, I already told everybody I don't want anything, and you guys divide it amongst yourselves. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to deal with it. No, when death my mom died, I didn't want anything she had. I was just like, nope. That's awful. Um, Rachel asks, "What is the longest amount of time someone has been dead before they came to you?" Hmm. I picked up a gentleman, uh, nobody knew he had died and he was in his home so long for so many months that he oh. had, uh, like mummified. Oh my um, goodness. he was, um, the color, um, he was a Caucasian male, but his skin had turned completely black. I've mm. seen pictures like that where yes. they just turn completely mm-hmm. black. They turned completely b- black. And, um, I mean, there was no, there was actually no smell. There was no smell. It he had was, been so it long. Had been All so the gases long. were released and everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. No fluids, no nothing. Um, it was it was actually super interesting to see, but very sad because yeah. his mail was piled up like nobody. No one cared no, enough mm-mm. to know he had passed. That's really sad. I know. Like I said, I had a, a I had a client for years because I was a hairstylist before all this, and she was a um, a detective, and she specialized in like death. Like that's her thing, uh, and she would sometimes in cases that she could talk to me about she would show me pictures and that she's found many people like that where she was like they found out from like the electric company being like hey this person didn't pay their bill for a year can we do a welfare check and then they go and this person a year dead you know and like things things like that like she's found a lot of she's been through some crazy cases like this one guy who like uses a shotgun underneath here one where this um she showed me the marbling because i was so Mm -hmm. i was so curious about that i was impressed you knew that term yeah and it literally looks like a marble counter when Mm -hmm. people marble in death it's like their body like expands mm-hmm. and their skin turns like this porcelain white mm-hmm. but then like all of like the arteries and like the the veins and stuff like kind of blow out a little mm-hmm. bit so it looks like marble countertops i've seen it yeah it's so wild she she did say someone had died of like an overdose and i guess what they put in him i don't know if it was fentanyl or something like that it blew out all the veins so at first they thought she was tattooed like heavily tattooed but it was just one whole side of her body had all all the veins literally exploded oh my goodness yeah very very strange um okay have you or another mortician mixed up bodies like the wrong paperwork or given someone the wrong body (laughs) oh my goodness Um, (laughs) she's like well (laughs) legally (laughs) i can't say so actually i didn't fuck this up um i um this um uh, we had this uh person that used to work at one of the funeral homes that i used to work at i'm not gonna say what funeral home it was so it's this is anonymous but he went to a hospital picked somebody up from the hospital who had died and we were supposed to bring him back and then he was supposed to embalm this person so he opened the body bag and what we were expecting when he opened the bag was a 90-year-old little old white lady. And he opened the bag, and there was a um, very, very small male African-American man in oh, the bag. Oh, no. So the complete opposite of what we were supposed to have. Oh, no. Um, so he didn't say anything to anybody, didn't tell a soul, sealed the body bag back up, drove another hours to this hospital and knocked on the door of the hospital and said you gave me the wrong body and they did the switch people got fired at the hospital it was never 
talked about again. Golly, could wow. you imagine just and, getting the wrong body? Yep. And he tried the, he, tr- so when you're the funeral director and you go to the hospital, it's your job to make sure you leave with the right body too. Right. So you, you, you look at the name on, on the bag. You look at uh, the, you sign them out. Like yeah. you, you're supposed to double check shit and the security people are supposed to yeah. help you with that. But what's funny about security, when you do security to hospital, when they interview you, they don't tell you that you're going to be um, working with the dead too. So a lot of those guys are petrified. Aww. They're big, strong men. You bring them down to the morgue and they're like, I don't, uh, they're like this. They're like, I don't touch dead bodies. And you're like, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't want to help? No, I, um, I'm going to wait out here. And they're these big, strong, muscular, oh hot gosh. men. And I'm like, you pussy. Like an elephant. <laughs> it's like the elephant and the mouse. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. When an elephant sees a yeah. mouse, they get scared. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but you're so attractive. Not anymore. And so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you accidentally ever left something on a body when cremating it? Yes. Mm. Is there jewelry and yes. stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hate my life. Yep. I did it one time. So every time we cremate somebody, we should look at their hands. We should, because sometimes they're in the body bag. And uh, I did Oh, didn't... wait. You cremate them in the body bag? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I thought they were completely naked. I thought they were naked and you just threw them mm-hmm. in the oven. They're, they're usually naked if they're in the body bag, especially if they die at a hospital or if they die after they have an autopsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes they die, like maybe they're on hospice or they die at home and then they'll have their clothes on. And we don't put them in a body bag. We just put them right in the cremation container. But I accidentally cremated somebody with a ring on. And I had to call the family and tell them. And the son told me, he goes, it's okay. She got it out of a Cracker Jack box anyways. So he said it really wasn't that special. He said, I just, you know, I I got so lucky. So lucky. I never did it again. I was blessed that day. It just happened to be that one time. He he just said, he was like, oh, not a big deal. But I was honest about it. And I told him uh, because. He could have been a douchebag and been like, this was a diamond cut. He could have. I mean, mean, right now telling you about it, I have anxiety. Because I knew that I I still now that I fucked that up. And I still feel horrible. But he said he just. He. He said it wasn't a big deal. He said he was actually happy that it went with her because he said that was probably what she would have wanted. Aww. So I got really you knew, yeah. Right. Hey, let's do like two more questions. All right. Um, this one's funny. Do you bury them with bras on or not? Nah? <laughs> <laughs> I will bury you in a bra if your family brings in a bra. Okay. Aww. If if they bring you one in, and you know sometimes it makes your boobs look better because when you we get old, our titties they you know they yep. and then they go in your they you go in your pits. Them. Yep. And you so a up. lot of times, I mean, I'm helping a girl out and I'm dressing her and I'm I'm putting a little stuffing there anyways because they're so far down here, so the bra kind of helps. You're me. so sweet. Uh, and I would someone want, do that for me. I would yeah. want, I want mine to look good, so yeah. I don't want you to look like it's over here. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So sometimes I'll ask them to if I need it. If mm. not. Maybe they now somebody's going to get mad at me because they're going to be like, I don't want one, uh, but I want you to look good at the end of the day. You're not going to feel it. Uh, so yeah. if you bring one, you get one. If not, maybe nobody's going to see you. Then it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, has anyone ever asked for a body part of a loved one or a hair or a fingernail? I don't back in the old days. They did that and would put it in a frame. I just didn't know it nowadays if people do things like that still. Mm, I, you know, sometimes they ask, they'll want, um, I can give them like the metal. So like if, if grandma had a hip replacement, I can give that to them. I can pick it out after the cremation. Oh, 
and give it to them if they want that. I don't know what they do with it, but sometimes they want that. Mm. I don't know. I think I would want that. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't have little bone saws in the back to take fingers or <laughs> oh you know, like a God. wishbone. Like, uh, well, you know, they would make hair wreaths and stuff. Um, so I, like, I've taken hair. Okay. Um, cut hair. Um, I've taken fingerprints. They make jewelry now. You can get a fingerprint of That's your loved sweet. ones. Um, in silver or gold, they're called. Oh. Um, there's lots of different brands of them now. Um, footprints. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I didn't no. know that they're yeah, like some little either. things like that. I know that like when I go shopping at like thrift stores and stuff, I do see a lot of like these hair wreaths that people have done in mm. the past. I didn't know if that was a religious thing. Like I don't know if different religions have different like options. Or, yeah. Know, and and nowadays um, there's a new company out. They'll take your tattoos. No shit. Yeah. And so it looks like a cheese grater and they send it along to the funeral home and I have to grade it off. And then they, um, I send it in and they, um, preserve the skin and jason i want you to keep the one that says your name right here <laughs> that's insane she's great that bad boy yeah. off now you might find funeral directors that say they're not going to do it because it's quite the process i could imagine it's yeah. like lady and, who cut up bodies yeah and they yeah. don't teach us how to do that in school there's a lot they don't teach you how to do in school and you just learn on the fly um, that's like beauty school yeah. Yeah, yeah they teach you the basics and then throw you out into the world to fuck everybody's hair up yeah, yeah literally, <laughs> literally. That's, that's exactly that's, what we do that's yeah yeah so there's always a little bit of something for everybody everybody's into something Hey, Lauren, thank you for answering these questions. You're so welcome. Lauren, it was so nice to hear about your life and stuff like that. I think we should get into, let's let's shift gears and let's get into the story that you brought to us. You want to do that? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I'm so excited about this. I know, me too. This is is new for me because listen, I'm going to just tell the truth, okay? I listened to a couple of podcasts that were true crime podcasts, Mimi's face, because she knows what I'm about to say. And I don't see the fucking hype like for real. It's literally like a fucking bedtime story that you're being read. And I don't know. I just feel like I think if I'm going to do a murder mystery stuff, I definitely want to talk about the story. But I want to stop. I want to do this. I want to like do it in segments and let's let's discuss it. Yeah, you know, dissect like, the story. Dissect the story. Like I don't, I don't know if maybe I listened to the wrong po- true crime podcast, but to me, it was very no effort. Bedtime story. V- yeah, and I even hit Mimi. I was like, "Have we been overworking? Are we like not working smarter and not harder? Are we working uh, harder and not smarter?" Because like. It, it was just so simple. So the story that you sent us, I thought was amazing. And I thought it was perfect that uh, to talk about, especially because you are knowledgeable in kind of what this woman was doing. Yeah. Um, let me get my, let me get my, my focus on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first murder mystery story ever told on this podcast. And it's a good one. Lauren sent us this one and we were like, okay, girl. Um, so this one is about a lady named Megan Hess. And she is in Colorado, so I'm just going to read the first paragraph. The director of a funeral home, Megan Hess, in Colorado, was sentenced to 20 years in prison for charges, including fraud, after illegally selling bodies or body parts from more than 500 victims without the consent of their families for over a decade. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like oh first God. of all okay you have been in the industry a long time um and i actually read that it is legal to sell human body parts right i uh, you know you could sell just about anything to anybody <laughs> oh, that is crazy um but uh it's definitely uh 
frowned upon, especially if the family doesn't know. Not it being frowned upon. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't sell would, the body parts. I, I would definitely not so advise. It illegal? Um, the big thing is about consent. Okay. Definitely about consent. Yeah. Um, those, those families are trusting you to take care of their loved one. And when you decide to dissect them and sell things that you're not supposed to, instead of cremating them or burying them with everything they're supposed to have, that is when you can get into a lot of legal trouble. And the thing about legal trouble with a funeral home is you cannot put a price tag on emotional damage, emotional distress. Mm. So a lot of judges will just, they just pick a number out of the wow. air or they'll settle before. So um, it's it's a really tough tough thing to even think about i heard you say that if they're not like buried with something they wanted how would someone know they really wouldn't that's the yeah (laughs) or like if somebody gets cremated and you don't really know if you're getting that you're that person no you're literally putting so much trust in a funeral home yeah i I, never thought about that yeah yeah, i spend so i have a little side note here about you know in case people did have questions about that and um it says that it is legal to sell human remains and a Reuters investigation found that the body broker industry is not closely regulated in many states. However, the government said agents had confirmed that hundreds of the bodies sold by Hess had been stolen as the families had not given informed consent for how the bodies would be used. Um, and, it, and it's also illegal to sell infected body parts, which she was still doing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah she just wanted Mimi's face <laughs> I'm just so blown away by all this because I think like ethically just like in your own conscious how could you do such a thing she she has flipped her humanity switch so much that she's not viewing them as human beings she well, saw them as dollars the most fucked up thing is that she brought her damn 69 year old mom into this read that second paragraph oh my right gosh, there that's oh right. my mm-hmm. gosh yeah. okay so her mom is involved mm-hmm. this is a family affair 69 year old shirley cock coach i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how you would pronounce her name that's so funny oh my goodness okay so she she was 46 oh wait Megan has 46. And her mom is 69. So, wait, she was doing this for 20 years, which means she was 26 when she started doing this? Yeah. yeah. 26 No, they said over a decade. They said over a decade. Oh, 20 years in prison. I read yeah. that wrong. Yeah, yeah. Decade. Okay, so she was like in her 30s mm-hmm. when she started doing this. Yeah. So she ran the Sunset Mesa Funeral home in Colorado and pleaded guilty to mail fraud. Oh, so they got her for mail fraud. The mom. Well, yep. keep going. And aiding and abating... Oh my God, Hess's 69 year old mother, Shirley. Cock. <laughs> cock. Is her name? It looks like it would be Cock. Is yeah. it Koch? Coach? Coach. Coach. <laughs> had also Cooch. charges of mail fraud and aiding and abiding as part of a plea deal and was sentenced to the 15 years. Could you imagine going to prison at 69 <clears throat> years old? No. No. You're going to die in there. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. But like you. But to imagine all the families that they affected with that. You I know, mean, like, she, I feel like 15 years is like not shit. I even feel like walk. the 20 years. Because she'll probably end up only doing like six. Is that how that works? Yeah. yeah. So they'll give you like 20 years and you'll really serve like 10. Depending on how. Yeah. It, it always is like. It's called time and a half. So they'll like. Didn't know that. Yeah, for well, I've dated nothing but felons. So <laughs> I was gonna say we got the funeral home like, expert, we got the jail expert. Yeah, <laughs> felon. I love Burst felons. 
Oh yeah. my gosh, that's awful that you would bring your mother into this. So what I'm understanding from this, though, is that they got hit with mail fraud. Is well, like, because so shipping the parts right out of con- out of the country, comes. they were selling them in in the country and out of the country is what I had read. I yep. would like to know where they found the people to buy the body parts. So here's the thing. They have a thing called body donation. Do you see that right there? Mm-hmm. This whole thing on body donation right here. Do you know much about body donation, Lauren? Yeah. Yep. I went to a school um, where we had a whole body donation program. So um, how that works is people usually get like a free cremation (laughs) if they donate their body so it's become really popular lately is you can donate your body to science however if you want to do that it's kind of people are picking up on the free part so they want to help out students and then donate their bodies so I believe that Megan had kind of like signed up for this body donation thing and she had told these families that hey uh, we have this program is it okay if I take your mom's spleen and we'll send it off to uh, the the program, but she wasn't doing that. She was actually making money and off of pocketing the- it. Mm-hmm. So these people thought their loved ones were going to like science. Yep, they did. And she was really just hacking them up and selling them on the black market. Yep. yep. <gasps> so what they're saying is, um, like, if you ask, like, what is whole body donation? It's most people are buried or cremated when they mm-hmm. die, but some bodies are donated to science. What, like Lauren was saying usually for medical research or education. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, whole body donations must be authorized by the donor prior to death or after death by relatives. Yeah. I had someone I knew that got donated because he had this like incredibly rare cancer that was caused from asbestos that they had sprayed over the fields that his family worked in. And he was a kid Mm -hmm. and would like pick stuff in the fields that they had in the family farm. And the helicopter would come by and spray this asbestos and his whole family ended up getting this cancer where Aww. it turned the bones to cement. Oh. oh. Yeah, and it was super rare. And he donated his body to science where they took the whole body, basically, mm-hmm. and sent it to this college for them to dissect and look and see how they could find like cures for this cancer. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, you have to make sure you're donating your body to a good place. They say right here that you can donate it to a university, a state agency, or a non-transplant tissue bank. Because some places, um, I saw that uh, they were taking people for body donation and then using them for experiments, like blowing shit up. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah that was a that's probably a whole nother case. That's oh like my disrespecting the dead. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to be one of those people. That would scare the fuck out of me. It's well, like the next level of like disrespect. Yeah, you won't feel it, but uh, yeah. right. Well, yeah. no, but I mean, this is like <laughs> I, a. It's like I don't know. I feel like a dead body is like sacred. You know, it, it yeah. is. Yeah, like you were saying following your body. How are you not haunted? Uh, like she must be haunted as fuck if uh, these people like. Are following their bodies and they're like this bitch just cut me up did you yeah. see a picture of this lady oh dude first hair? of all the she's hair. three years older than me <laughs> she looks like, like come on the ha- she looks like she's 70 all yeah her, like oh. she looks like she ate the body parts like something <laughs> happened <laughs> she had hair like rod stewart <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so tall she can hide all her secrets no it's crazy so you guys want to hear something that's crazy about selling body parts it is illegal to sell human fetuses that's where they draw the line. That's where you draw the yeah. line. Yep. What? Otherwise, in almost every state, it's legal to sell the human remains of adults. 
One misconception promoted by some brokers is that it is illegal to sell body parts and that people who distribute them may only be reimbursed for processing, shipping, and other expenses. So that's where the mail fraud comes in because mm. it's the shipping and all that stuff. The processing. Oh, oh, they, I believe they were also forging documents. So grandma, mama would sign the form saying that the family gave permission <gasps> and wow. the family didn't give permission. And then wow. she would go back there, do the harvesting, and then send it off anyways and make money. So if these people were getting cremated, what was she giving them? Like sand? Uh, so there's still other parts of the body. I mean, even if you empty all the organs out and maybe the tendons and the muscles, you're still going to have the, the main meat suit. She said meat suit. Yeah. Do you want to hear something sick? You yeah. can re-rent the body out. What? So like Excuse you can, me. it's legal. You can like send the body. So right here it says, can a broker rent the same body or body part repeatedly to different customers? Answer is yes. For example, a torso might be rented oh. to one medical group for training, returned, and then rented again to another set of doctors. Yes. Um, I, I, I actually, so when we were in mortuary school, uh, they really don't like you to talk about this, but uh, the room that they kept all of the donors in, I mean, they have shelves and they're just stacked. And so they need to preserve them. <laughs> I will never space. get that smell out of my nose. It lives there rent free. Uh, what does uh, it smell like? I heard that a dead body burn smells like a, a bean burrito. Uh, actually, that's a totally different question. Uh, but, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, it smells like really bad barbecue that's super burnt that you can't inhale. Oh, um, it's like a that's also a smell you do not get out of your nose. But this is a different one. This is like a chemically smell oh, okay. mixed with decomposition because they literally put these bodies in this like stronger than embalming fluid, like this super strong solution. And it strips away the color of your skin, like everything. And then they're able to open up so you can see all the tendons and things. So each program. So usually how it happens, we as the mortuary students, we get the 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 donor bodies last so the dental students will rent them and then the uh the how the do nurses they keep them fresh like with all those chemicals oh. the smell i will never it stays on you too like in your hair and in your clothes oh. you go home i have to shower twice like bathe <sighs> my husband could always tell when i was in lab and doing embalmings uh because of the smell Oh my goodness. I can't even describe it to you. I really couldn't. It's um, now, now let's uh, circling back. Donation is a gift. It's a wonderful gift. I never would have learned how to embalm, but we're just normalizing talking about this. Right. And, and it is what it is. I'm Absolutely. really just cut. I'm just telling you how it is. So yeah. that's just how it no, is. No, I've never heard that a dead body smells good. I don't think anybody's no, ever heard nope, that. Yeah. Nope. Nope. No, so I definitely think that, you know, if anybody's smelled any dead bodies, it's you. Yeah, I've, I've said, I have <laughs> had your lot, fair share. Lots of free sniffs there. That would actually one, be one, one a time. great marketable idea for you is create a perfume and call it something crazy because you are a mortician. They actually have a, they already have a perfume that's supposed to smell like a cadaver. They say. Okay, I don't know about smelling like a cadaver. I was saying uh, something uh, that smelled good. Uh, and uh, like, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll mail it to you. No, I'm good. <laughs> I don't ever want to know what a damn cadaver smells like. No. I, I, could, I could tell you what decomposition smells like if you really want to know. Yeah, why not? Um, so have you ever had chicken go bad in your fridge? Yes. And yeah, one time smell. we left four rotisserie chickens in our refrigerator on accident. <laughs> yes. And it was like four months later by the time we found them. And that was the worst smell ever. Oh, it was That's terrible. what it smells like. Ew. But combine that with heat. Put it outside. Oh. So have you ever smelled your garbage can? Like, again, not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to tell you what it smells yeah. like. Um, it uh, Outside in the heat and you open that can, you're like, whoa. That's what that's what our body decomposition smells like. Wow. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I had a agent one time tell me that like there's like a smell of decomp, but mm -hmm. then like when those little bubbles burst, 
it makes the smell like 10 times worse she Mm -hmm. said like like the body will bubble up or like when it marbleizes and like Mm. the body gets big and like turns white and then you can see all like the the marbling on it Mm -hmm. yeah it's Mm -hmm. like the death is such a a, just a terrible process it's so interesting Yeah. yeah no it's crazy we could talk about it all day. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Okay, so she is cutting up bodies. Yep, so they neither discussed nor obtained authorization for donation of the decedent's bodies or body parts for body broker services. And the Department of Justice said in a statement adding that in some instances, the families had specifically declined to donate the bodies. Mm. And according to the plea deal, Hess told mourning families that their loved ones would be cremated so kind of like what we mentioned yeah and instead sold the parts or their whole bodies their whole damn bodies for scientific medical or educational purposes at a body broker business she operated so she also operated the business from the same premises as the funeral home can you talk about double dipping but do you want to know what's crazy to me i looked up how much money that she made off of selling these bodies and she only made like a million dollars in 10 years Holy, so was she lowballing? Like, what is happening? You know, because I'm sorry, but if I'm going to face jail time, you better give me a couple M's. Yeah. Okay? Like, give yeah. me something to fucking be plush with when I get out of prison. That just tells you she never thought she was going to get caught and she was just doing it to be small. Right. Yeah. Said 1.2 million. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Man. What's, um, I don't do math. I do science. What's 1.2 million divided by 10 years? Oh, God, you're asking the wrong person. 1.2 divided I count by money. I don't add it and <laughs> subtract it. <laughs> how much was it? I, I can't figure it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how much I'm not the math was over one, here. Uh, I can make money and count it. Yeah. 10 years. 10 years. She made 120000 a year. That's nuts. To be and to, Can you imagine how your conscience would be? I she, would be? She didn't have one. Yeah. I would be so freaked out. Like, I would feel like these people's spirits were kind of come back to haunt They had me. to have been haunting her ass nope. all the time. Imagine her now just sitting in, like, this prison right now. Oh, just how tormented by all the spirits? Yeah. Can you imagine? I can't do I, it. I couldn't. I don't know how you went to bed at night knowing that you're literally cutting up people's loved ones and selling their body parts. Listen to this, though. Hundreds of bodies were harvested and sent across the world oh. with destinations ranging from Fort Collins to Saudi Arabia. Okay, I'm sorry. That's a that's illegal. That has to be illegal. That, yeah, yeah. And also she was making way more than that. Yeah. That's what they were able to find. Right. Oh. Okay. She was definitely making way more yeah, than that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> A witness had said in the courtroom that we will never know the final resting place of our mom. We will never know what happened to her. Is she on display somewhere? Is she in a medical waste bin somewhere? Was she chopped up like an old car? That just gave me chills. Mm. Uh, That's so disheartening to know that you have no idea where your loved ones ended up or who you have. You know, like she could have just given you, like you said, you know, she could just mix them all together yep yep and just giving you a bag and just said oh this is your loved one you have no idea Mm -mm. because if if someone got cremated think about that if someone got cremated and she still had the body she clearly had to cut it up still yeah so whatever she gave the person couldn't have been the person if she's out there just you know hacking at them Mm -hmm. have you ever had to dismember a body uh no uh thankfully not that's a really big thing because uh I'll have families they'll be, they'll ask they'll say can I have grandma's gold teeth 
Grandma oh. always wanted me to have her gold teeth. And I, they don't teach me how to remove teeth in school. Yeah. Can you picture me in the back with a hammer knocking no. those suckers out? No. Oh my gosh. So, and I'll ask the families that. I'm like, no. And, and if you want to hire a dentist, that's fine. They, they know how to do that. You have to be so careful at the funeral home because desecration of a corpse is a really big thing. So mm. we always have to have signatures that says it's okay to do something. I've also never removed breast implants. Mm. Oh, but really, even for cremation? Because mm-hmm. I heard they explode. Uh, they don't explode, but sometimes they can melt and then not fully melt away so they get a little gummy um the forbidden gummies on the bottom of the crematory floor so you just kind of scrape it out but what i do (laughs) remove from the body is uh pacemakers so you'll see those like under you know we remove those those aren't but we have signatures and Mm -hmm. i get permission and i tell them like Mm -hmm. so that they know what's happening back there and um she <laughs> uh thankfully i've never had to dismember a body before. yeah good okay That's so, so no jeffrey dahmer shit going no on. right <laughs> i i would never do that i i mean i have a stomach for a lot of things i've definitely put people back together oh i've just never taken them apart goodness gracious i couldn't imagine in such circumstances despite lacking any authorization cock and hess recovered <laughs> body parts from or otherwise prepared entire bodies of hundreds of descendants for body broker services. In the few instances where families agreed to donation, Hess and Koch sold the remains of these descendants beyond what was authorized by the family, which was often limited to small tissue samples, tumors, or portions of skin. Hess and Koch also delivered cremains to families with the representation that the cremains were not that... were that of the descendant when frequently that was not the case. That was Sorry, exactly I got what tongue-tied. I was wondering. Yeah. Is if they were just giving these families just random sacks. Yeah. That's so disheartening. That's crazy. Know. You know, we do have people that don't get picked up from the funeral home sometimes. What do you do with oh them? Oh my goodness. They just sit on a shelf. Forever? That's so Forever. sad. <gasps> Is it just because they don't have family or? Uh, you know, they have family. I think sometimes they just don't want to acknowledge the loss. I mean, we call, we write, we, you know, and every funeral home has one. We have shelves with people that never get claimed. So she could That's have so been sad. taking. Um, Ones that were never claimed. Mm-hmm. And just, and just taking, you know, handfuls out and adding it to if she really did harvest these bodies for everything wow. that they were worth that she could get. Um, even more gross read the last i saw that yeah Uh, according to the plea agreements hess and cock would also ship bodies and body parts that tested positive for or belonging to people who had died from infectious diseases including hep b and c hiv and (laughs) oh my god i can't after uh certifying to buyers that the remains were disease free the shipments would be through the mail or on commercial air flights in violation of Department of Transportation regulations regarding the transportation hazardous material. That is so sickening. I mean, okay, but what are people doing with these things? What are what do you buy a body part for? Because mm. clearly, that this if it's very, if you mean like if it's not medical, what is your point of yeah, having a dead what body? What are you doing to it? Are you domering it? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they probably are. Or um, did you? There was a case recently where they were supposed to be donating bar- bodies up at Harvard, and they had people buying the skin or the heads or the skulls, and then they had their little shops that they. I mean, yeah, <gasps> like it, oddity shops. Mm-hmm, it's a whole black market for this shit. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many heart like harvested humans because I have a human skull that I bought from an oddity shop that's hanging on my wall in my house. 
Oh. I wonder if that okay, why was... Why did I always think that was fake? No, it's real. That's real? Yeah. I know. You know, as, as scary as I am about shit like that, when I saw you it... You don't even like cre- like cremation people in your home. I know. But you have someone's skull? Yeah. What if the... <laughs> I just saw a lamp. I was in... Um, where was I? I was in Cali. I was in Cali, and we went to this shop. In the whole shop, they had little drawers with teeth, people's teeth. I don't even know how they got them. With teeth, they had a vertebrae from someone that had been cremated, and it was in a lamp. They had the lamp. I didn't. E- I until then, I actually didn't even know you could go to these stores. I asked the guy. I said, "Where did you buy this from?" He goes, "We actually get it from estate sales." So wherever the fuck these people. So rich people. Yep. Harvesting fucking body parts and just having them made into lamps and shit. There will always be a market for anything. Very Ed Gein of them. Yeah. It, people are crazy. Some people are crazy. Yeah, Ed Gein was obsessed with like the the idea of having body parts on display. Like he's the one that they made like Texas Chainsaw Massacre after and everything. Mm. Cause he, he like dug up his mom and cut out her vagina and what? painted it silver and put a bow on her clit and hung it on the wall. Yeah. I'm not shocked that often, but holy fuck. Yeah, he's off. like, well, they considered him a serial killer only because technically he killed three people, but he wasn't like one of those people that like went for death. He was more obsessed with the idea of death versus actually killing people. So he would dig up people and just like cuddle them and hold them. And then like he would eat out of skulls, like his cereal bowls were just like upside down skulls. He's the one that like sewed all the skin That's together. That's an itch that will never get scratched. And like belts and like jackets and stuff. That's why they made <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's like based off of his story because he had an obsession with the idea of death. So I feel like like these lamps and stuff, it's like the same, the Ed Gein effect is like, it was just an obsession with death and it is an itch that couldn't be scratched. And they just constantly, mm. you know, those kind of things. Now, don't get me wrong. I love taxidermy and all of those. Yeah, kind of I love My taxidermy too. has taxidermy mm. all over the place. But if they're not humans. Yeah. And it's like an appreciation of, you know, a cycle of life. I feel like it's a form of art. But humans, I feel like there's such much more of like a connection, like a soul tie to those parts that that like bothers me to think about. Yeah, no, for sure. I never really. I think about if those people consented or not. Like when I was in that shop, they had three full skeletons and one of them was like from the the 1900s or something. And part of her like rib cage was like pushed in. And I just wonder, like, did she consent to being dug up? Absolutely and then not. I, I just, that's what I think about it. I would, what, what would cause her chest to be caved in? I, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. They could have dug her up and, um, you know, the the coffin that she was buried in, the wooden coffin could have collapsed. The ground could have caved in and then they dug it all up anyways. I mean, it's yeah. so hard to say. Mm. That's wild. Yeah. You think about, like, yeah, you're right. Like the coffin, you know, they didn't make nice coffins back then. No, or it could have been how she died. And they just, um, you know, everything decayed away from her and then finally showed. It's so hard to say. And they didn't tell me. I didn't ask. I just, you know. That's so, I really thought like dismembering bodies was illegal. Yeah, me too. Until I fucking read this article and started researching it. So Uh, what they really got Megan for was the shipping the shipping the mail fraud of these parts and then the lying to the family lying to the documents families. and stuff so that's how the mom got caught mm-hmm. yeah and all of this but imagine that like that's what you choose to do with your life but she didn't even get charged for mailing the infectious bodies where was the charges for that because all i saw was aiding and abetting shipping and mail fraud, mail fraud. she did a plea agreement oh, oh she did okay. a plea agreement um, she's so like, I'm up Chicks Creek without a paddle, so let me take a plea. Yeah, let me take anything I possibly yeah. can at this She's point. like, I'm about to be eating Big Wanda's b- badussy. Not <laughs> in <a point laughs> in <jail. laughs> 
She's like, let me only do this for 20 years and not 40. You're very smart. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Very smart, Megan. Honestly, the ethic part of all of this is just, I mean, beyond me. Oh, there's no ethics. Yeah, the one time I did hair for someone who had passed, that still sticks with me to this day. And to think how many she did over that 10-year span, and you had them coming in all day, every day, that's, like, how busy I won't touch dead bodies. Last time I touched, I wouldn't even touch my mom when she passed and I was in the room. She was dead. I was able to say my goodbyes to her in the hospital. I wouldn't touch her because the last time I touched a dead body, I ended up with the worst suicidal ideation I've ever had. Of course, it was the same time around a bunch of shit that had been happening. But I went to a funeral and touched my friend's chest and told him that I loved him. And I'm telling you, I, I battled with suicidal ideation for almost a year or two years after that. I'm sorry, it's like two years. Yeah, it was a good two years. And I will never touch a dead body again. So I can't imagine how this woman is touching all these dead bodies and just the karma that she has reaped for herself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I want to know, so when you put your hand, <laughs> we got into my trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you put your hand on their chest, is it just because it's cold? Is it just because it didn't feel like how you thought it was going to feel? Is that why it triggered you when you? No, I, I have energy? always been able to see spirits. I've always been able to feel things. I've always been able. So this was a friend who was violently killed. Oh my gosh. And I think what happened was whatever he was into that caused that situation to happen latched onto me, the dark entity that was following him because I just, I, I lovingly went down on his chest and I was like, I love you so much like that. And I swear right then I could just, I could feel him in the funeral room and the whole, he was watching the funeral from the corner of the mm-hmm. room. Like, and I told my mm-hmm. husband, that I was like chisels here. I was like, he's watching this entire funeral. And, um, I just went home and literally it was like immediately just depression and like, I mean, I'm talking like Lauren, when I tell you it, I told Jay the best way to describe it. And like I said, I was going through a lot of other shit at the time too. I had just lost it. I just had a miscarriage. I was going, I had just had my breast implants removed. So, I mean, there's a number of factors, but this all ties into each other. So it's like, I'll never touch a dead body again because of that. But it was like eternal sadness. It was like he was showing me like, this is how sad I am. I want you to feel how sad I am. You know, it was just the worst feeling. Like I, I was so tired that the thought of living to 50 exhausted me. So how did you, how did you come out of that? Did you, I'm a fighter. Did you banish that, those, that away? Like that, that I prayed, I, you know, I've done, I prayed. I, I don't really, I, Jesus is literally the only thing that probably pulled me out of that. And it took a good, almost two years. I talk about it a lot on the podcast, you know, cause I went through it, but Jesus exercise, will to live, will to not let the darkness win. You know, when you get that low, you just get to a point where you're like, I, me personally gets to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to let the devil win. I'm not these thoughts, this darkness, this isn't me. Like I, I'm a, I love light, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with dark things. I'm curious about them, mm-hmm. but I don't want that to be in me, you mm-hmm. know? So it was just a fight. It literally was, I fought for my life for two straight years of just Mimi saw it. I went yeah. through hell. It was crazy. 
Um, but yeah, so that's why I'll never touch a dead body. So this lady, I don't know how she fucking has touched and done the de- the dead so wrong. I mean, obviously she's re- she's getting her karma now, but spiritually, we're yeah. in spiritual warfare twenty four seven. Yeah, and I'm not one of these crazy like Bible thumpers, but I do know that there is another side of life, and it's spiritual warfare that we're always going through. There's always light and dark that's going on around mm-hmm. us, you know. So I don't know how it hasn't came back to her. I mean, yeah, I would love to know what she's going through. If she's ever had any type of, you know, experiences since yeah. going through this. We should probably reach out and try to get interview her. Well, she's in prison for 20 years, so she's probably not doing much else. <laughs> we'll do yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go do an interview in the prison. So, Rod. Can you try? You should try. I would try. Yeah, we could. We'll I see how know. the murder I mystery. Like I would want to oh, bring wait. myself to someone like that. Yeah. Oh, like, we could do a phone call. I, yeah. I, I would. Yeah. yeah. We could do, do a you wanna phone go, call. No, we could go visit her in prison if you want to yeah. go. Let's see if these murder mystery podcasts pop off. We might be doing one a month, so mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. But I will fly with you to go out there. Let's do it. Yeah, that would be fun. That we would definitely fun. would need you to be I wonder what her hair looks like now in prison. A flat. <laughs> She's not getting that height. Th- <laughs> she said she is not getting that fucking volume all the, all in the prison. All the lies went. <laughs> <laughs> she said all flat. Deflate. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to our first murder mystery podcast. Lauren, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Shout out all of your socials. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lauren the Mortician. Watch out on Facebook, though, because there's lots of fake ones. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, check me out on TikTok. Yay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Mimi, thanks for sitting in. Oh, you're welcome. I love it. I think we like Mimi in on the podcast. Oh, it's kind of fun. I love her. I know. I'm going to take Mimi's. her home with me. Please don't. <laughs> she is <laughs> my right hand right. woman. I cannot survive without I, I'm her. Also take, I'm that. also taking the dog. Yeah. <laughs> he won't go. This, this Taking the dog, too. Fucking, he won't go. This dog is so bougie, I'm telling you. Chachi is like, this. he's like, my mom is my mom. And I'm not, he's the most loyal animal I've ever had. And I love that about him. Such a baby. But definitely, if these murder mysteries pop off, we're going to have to bring you back for another one because I think it'll be awesome. Let's go. Yay. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Dumb Blonde. I will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>